Hey everyone, welcome to Lessons with Mike. I'm here today with Jake. Hey Mike, thanks for having me. Yeah, it's good to have you here. Jake's a, an artist in the local Charlotte area. So tell us a little bit about your work and your projects that are on right now. Um, so I uh, work primarily uh, with ink recently. I, I've always been big in drawing and doing um, kind of pencil work yeah. mostly. Uh, but as of a week ago, I've gone full time and starting to do some bigger projects. I want to get into uh, some murals and some kind of larger scale pieces. So excited to make that change and do yeah. something a little bigger. That's awesome. That's, yeah. that's exciting news. And you're primarily on TikTok, right? Uh, yeah, TikTok and Instagram and, and kind of all the, the socials to, okay. to start getting art out there and, and doing all that. Yeah, yeah, that's one thing a lot of people, a lot of up and coming artists will use TikTok. And unfortunately, uh, the U.S. government is trying to ban it. Yeah, there's a hearing going on. I was looking at, we were talking about that earlier. Yeah, really um, kind of unfortunate to, to see it kind of under, under attack a little bit. It's It sucks to kind of um, not know the, the future of this program that's been so helpful to so many creators in in a lot of different fields it, okay. it kind of is is a little, a little scary we'll see what what happens there it is yeah and there's a little bit of hypocrisy because it's typically a certain type of person in government one who champions and says oh free speech free speech and they're trying to ban certain products and certain applications that go against their narrative they're like oh china china but then when you have companies like facebook doing the same thing I'll just turn a blind eye to that. It's perfectly fine. Yeah, it's really, um, I, you mentioned the hypocrisy there. It's it's really interesting. I was watching some of the um, the congressional hearings this morning. And um, based off some of what I've heard about um, how TikTok originally came under its uh, attack, it is um, this effort that was kind of uh, spearheaded by Meta, or, uh, Facebook, Instagram, that that platform. Uh, who is a direct competitor of TikTok. So they kind of spearheaded this campaign to uh, undermine TikTok in a way of, uh, I guess, broadcasting uh, some of these uh, hypothetical challenges, different attacks in uh, areas that were regionally centered around the specific senators and and congressmen who are going to be leading this hearing. So, so essentially, they were saying they were talking about all of the dangers, all the potential threats, um, and that a lot of that campaign that has come out was led by Meta. Which, so in an effort to combat potential Chinese propaganda, it has been spearheaded by Meta propaganda. Yeah. It, it's absolutely insane uh, to to kind of watch this come under attack. Um, but we'll see. I don't know. It's, it, fear drives people to, people to do a lot of different things. So, well, fear and money too, because think about absolutely. it. Right? <laughs> yeah. Like there's Meta. Who are, who is Meta donating money to? Uh, I'm not. I don't know for sure, but I'm I'm willing to bet it's those same politicians. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they they've been able to uh, kind of keep uh, they keep rising to the top, right? Like I think a lot of the issues that that are being brought up about TikTok, about the influence to kids, the potential for misinformation to be distributed to the masses, are are the same issues that we hear about every year with with Facebook, especially around election years and stuff like that. It's it's how are we censoring our or are we allowing information to be distributed to the masses um, kind of unfettered or and what responsibility does the distributor have to to um, the general population? And I'll say one problem with TikTok is a very easy access for predators and child pornography and things of that nature. But you just have to put safeguards in place to prevent that. And parents should, you know, not let twelve-year-olds have TikToks because the things you see on there. No, it's there should be um, age-separate, you know, content. 
and I and I I think that there is. I, I that was something that was brought up. Um, it was uh, there is different safeguards in place for children under the age of thirteen on the platform. But but as you mentioned, like those the the sort of things that you see uh, the negative side of any of the social media things are going to exist on any platform. Um, and moderation is in place uh, where it can be. It's not always a foolproof thing, but you do what you can do to lead to uh, kind of prevent people from from seeing that. Um, some social media, take Reddit for example, has very little safeguards in place to oh, yeah. see to see anything um, or to stop anything from being seen. I should say, um, and that is the way that they operate. I think the mass appeal of, of Facebook, of TikTok especially, has uh, kind of scared a lot of people, especially since it's um, gotten a lot younger. But my experience on TikTok is one of uh, kind of connection and outreach way more than than pushing forth this, any sort of negative idea um, to have that propagate. It's It's been a really positive thing for me. For me, it's been the same thing. I've learned a lot. There's a lot of history TikToks I follow. A lot of uh, local book TikToks, coin TikToks that I follow. And I think it's very interesting. My thesis in college actually was on, uh, we talked about time management earlier. And my thesis was on how overuse of social media correlates with higher rates of depression in teenagers, mm-hmm. especially. Um, teenagers and men in certain age groups, like men in their middle age group, th- those are the two big groups that mm-hmm. showed this correlation through the studies I looked at. And one study was a German study, so I don't know how much you can translate these results to the general population but in the german study they searched for the amount of images on instagram that were basically the german translation for suicide so they would do the hashtag and then the german word for suicide Mm -hmm. to see how often that would pop up Mm -hmm. what type of people were exposed to these images and it wasn't a super high amount i think it ended up being like 300 images uh, per week with (coughs) excuse me per week with that hashtag but when you look at people, when you're exposed to that over and over, it plants ideas in your head. Mm-hmm. And when you're a child, especially, your brain's not fully formed. So, but I don't think banning these social medias is the solution. Yeah, I th- yeah, I think um, responsible moderation and, and providing a way for these uh, entities to be moderated well is so important. Whether that's funding, um, in, additional funding, or uh, legislation that requires that they allocate a certain number of resources to moderation. I think there's solutions to that beyond purely banning. Um, I'm familiar with, with studies that you talked about, like of social media being negative. It, it can be a very isolating experience. And especially for uh, platforms like Instagram, where people are constantly putting their their best foot forward. It is a snapshot of exactly. of the best life that you want to, to be leading. And that can be very detrimental when you're like alone, home and feel isolated. Um, and honestly, if to bring us back to TikTok, that's another positive that I've seen. It seems very, there's, there's a weird community among TikTok. You talk about like, yeah, I'm sure you mentioned coin, coin talk, art talk is like one that they have these weird different things that makes you feel like you're a part of something. Um, and to see people be able to hold up a camera and have a conversation in their living room or whatever bedroom, they're just, they're talking to camera and sharing their experience to you. I think that's a very valuable thing as we move to this more isolated social media thing um, that shouldn't be overlooked in that. Like there's the, the way that people are communicating on TikTok 
is a little different than we've communicated on any social media app before this. And oh, I think yeah. it's really valuable. Yeah, I agree completely. It's almost like it's more humanizing. Yeah, we not just so. uh, individual snap photos. It's like a person sitting down, they're standing and talking to you. Mm -hmm. And it's a lot more personable. And it, I think the app is built for better communication. There's there's comments, you can stitch videos together. Whereas on Instagram and Facebook, it's it's like you're in a circle, you're in an echo chamber. Exactly. 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 Yeah. 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 And just the, the way that um, TikTok functions at with its For You page versus kind of cultivating this little sphere like you would on, on Facebook or Instagram, where you're like following select accounts on Instagram, joining certain groups on Facebook, this For You page becomes this algorithmically sorted, cultivated space that is kind of introducing you to new ideas. And while there's some danger of kind of chasing down rabbit holes or you mean there's been cases of that on youtube that the youtube rabbit hole of kind of clicking the next recommended video certainly there's there's issues with that of kind of just appeasing the algorithm and you can kind of shift it which way you want but i think there's a weird value of constantly being influx with new ideas rather than just being in the, your set sphere yeah i agree completely my for you page it's always stuff that i'm very interested in yeah like the, even if it's stuff that i haven't been looking for I don't know how they do that. Maybe they use the algorithm to, to you know, guess what I'd be interested mm -hmm. in. Lately, my four-year page has been uh, clips of Hardcore Pawn. Have you, have you heard that? I've show? seen Hardcore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's just been my four-year page constantly. And those clips are addicting. If you haven't uh, heard of the show, it's a, it's similar to Pawn Stars, only it's based in Detroit. And uh, it's a lot more confrontational. The guests on there are a lot more, you know, um, a lot more rowdy and it's probably staged but it's still good entertainment it's fan yeah. yeah fantastic entertainment yeah all, all the little little clips of, of different shows different movies that are that are on I, I always know what's new on netflix by what clips i start seeing on, yeah. on tiktok because people <laughs> just constantly share their little their little clips on there to kind of get the conversation going just start some new throw some new stuff out there so um it, it's really interesting yeah how kind of quickly it can change with this cultural shift or what's new or in the in the zeitgeist at the moment it's... from a, from an advertising perspective the most effective advertising for me has just been seeing a clip of a show on tiktok that i would have never heard of before exactly yeah it just gets it peaks, peaks your interest and you you go jump in watch, watch a couple episodes it, it really is such a valuable tool and i think that's why it's so been has been so valuable to creators throughout its its lifespan here of if you can pique somebody's interest with one video with one little product or in my case a, a drawing or whatever what that can do for your your burgeoning business is incredible it, it can really put some eyes draw some interest and the ability to turn that into a connection through those comments and different things yeah. is really valuable and shifting from that towards more of a news angle several people i know don't get their news from tiktok i don't think that's the best way to get your news but several people do this specifically uh younger people mm -hmm. and this happened a few years ago you might remember this uh donald trump was holding a campaign rally and there was this TikTok campaign. Oh, everyone sign up for tickets. So that way he yeah. thinks he's got millions of people coming. And in reality, you know, not that many people came. A few thousand people came. Mm -hmm. And it was this big thing. And then shortly after that is when Trump said, oh, we have to ban TikTok. This was the start. Yeah. yeah. This how it started. <laughs> yeah. So if you look at who primarily uses TikTok, it's young people, Gen Z people, millennials. And look at what direction that demographic tends to vote for in the elections yeah uh -huh. it is um certainly you go and i think there's that is probably behind a, a lot of fear that's being driven um by some of our older congressmen um 
But in the political sphere, uh, I don't know if you've seen uh, Representative Jeff Jackson, I think, is doing the the North Carolina, like kind of just, hey, here's those, what's yeah. here's what's going on in, yeah. in the House today, which is a really cool thing. I, people, I've seen people on TikTok kind of lauding that as the new age fireside chat yeah. of, of he, just, hey, straight to the point, here's what's going on. Here's why it's important to you. And that's super, um, super valuable. I think it, if they allow it to, it could really influence a, a new transparency that we haven't had in the political sphere for so long. Um, and obviously it is driven by a younger population. Um, and that's scary to uh, certain political parties that, that may yeah. not be, be advocating for the younger vote um, as much. So um, I can understand the, the fear on their end, but the fear of, of the general public being aware is not really a valid fear yeah, for, for, not, for no. banning a certain app. I forget who was it that said this, but uh, the more educated the people are, the the more afraid the people in power are. Some, yeah, that, yeah. That's heard, a paraphrase, yeah. but someone said that. Yes. But I actually have a Jeff Jackson uh, bumper sticker on my car. <laughs> so I, when I pulled up, yeah. yeah, and I was like, oh, yeah, you see, see him all the time on TikTok. Yeah, yeah he's, he's great. I met him once at a rally or, uh, or an event he did mm -hmm. before he uh, was elected. Really, really, really nice guy. He took the time to meet everyone and briefly talk with everyone. Mm -hmm. And like you were saying, transparency. Not only that, but this could bring forth a new interest in government. A lot of young people I talk to, or even older people, are becoming more and more apathetic towards government. And I mm. think, in a way, that's the goal that some some people are trying to push forward. Oh, if you don't care, you won't vote. If you don't vote, then we win. Exactly. <laughs> yes. And yeah, I mean, it is is whatever TikTok is, it is certainly uh, against apathy. It is, it yeah. is spe <laughs> spearing this uh, kind of new activism among, I think, Gen Zers especially. And as they kind of grow to, to voting age and are able to, to really start doing, it, I think it was like the first first Gen Z member of Congress was elected in this last cycle, mm -hmm. um, yeah. which is incredible to see. I think there's there's something really powerful in this younger generation that is very tired and is now seeing everything, um, is seeing the state of everything more clearly than we have in past generations, which is really heartening, I think. Exactly. Um, there's a lot more transparency, a lot more. One one thing I saw, this is um, with um, police violence and incidents with the police, one person came out and said, it's not that this is something new. This has always been going on. Mm -hmm. It's just now we have, you know, more evidence, more people are recording. There's more cameras. Exactly. I see this on TikTok all the time. People are recording their interactions with police. It's like things like this have been happening since police have been a thing. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And unless it happens to you, you know, you don't really think of it. But now that you're seeing other people's experiences, it becomes more real to you mm -hmm. and it's harder to dismiss. Exactly. Yeah. And I mean, that's kind of the unfortunate thing. It's easy to let things slide when you're not seeing it and to, to really hold up a lens and, and get to examine it. I was I was watching these TikTok hearings this morning as I was scrolling through TikTok Live popped up of uh, BBC News, their their uh, broadcast of the hearings with I think it was like 131,000 people watching which I can't imagine the last time C-SPAN picked up that exactly. sort of view yeah. viewership. It is, it is really cool to be able to, to see this um, for a generation that does not watch cable news, that, that doesn't, that they're, they're running on streaming services. So to have this platform that can hold up a, a lens to what is going on in government is been, has been so powerful um, that, yeah, I, I think it would be a travesty to really lose something like that. Yeah, because there's not really any competing apps. I mean, 
Instagram has tried to with uh, with Reels. Mm-hmm. Like every single social media app is trying to do their own thing now with Reels. Exactly. It's it's unoriginal and they're just they're just copying, and they're not copying nearly as good. Near, so, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I think it is something with. Um, I think the original users of every app want to continue using it in the way that they first experienced it. Instagram will always be a photo sharing app first. Um, and TikTok has mastered this infinite scroll of 20 second to one minute videos. That is, that's, that's where they live. Um, it's, and it's been very good. I think, and to try to bring that over to Instagram doesn't quite work and that you can throw them on Facebook too. And it doesn't quite work. It's, it's just, um, to, the homogenization of all of these social media apps is just kind of waters down each one individually. It's kind of unfortunate. See, I use different social medias for different things. Primarily, I only use Facebook to keep track of people I know and when their birthdays are. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's, I think, the only use for it at this point. I don't really post anything on there. Um, every time I scroll on Facebook, I usually get really annoyed and to prevent myself from commenting something mean. Yeah. I just, you know, no, we're just going to close this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you can see what kind of sphere Facebook becomes when it, when it, yeah. when it is that, I mean, yeah, I've had similar to have some, some family members and, and kind of extensions of family members that, that have some interesting viewpoints on, on there and they are kind of allowed to engage in their little sphere there. I see what groups they're a part of and, I, there's danger to that in my my mind that's not really the the best thing exactly because um, you get yourself like we said in an echo chamber mm-hmm. no one's pushing back everyone's just agreeing with you and then your your mind becomes closed off to new ideas mm-hmm. anything new becomes oh this is bad because this this contradicts a belief that i have and oh, no one can have this belief no one um no one can think like this. Well, you're thinking that because you surround yourself with people who think like you do. Exactly. Um, and that's, uh, I mean, that's, I think that really is um, the biggest danger that social media imposes. It's, as I mentioned, that's why I like TikTok so much, kind of this constant influx of, of new ideas just based off what's what's currently popular. Um, but I think anybody should be actively reaching out for for second or third sources when they're hearing any information like that. It's so dangerous to, to only be surrounded with people that you agree with. Um, and it kind of leads to this radicalization that we've seen with everything. It's, it's scary. I don't know if you've heard of this, but uh, there was a lawsuit with Fox news a while back mm-hmm. and uh, the actual Fox news lawyers argued that no mentally competent person could actually consider this news <laughs> i have i have heard this. this is one of my one of my favorite quotes yeah. about our, our good friend tucker there yeah. um so uh yeah and they're they're in some some hot water themselves here here recently yeah. so uh, with which the, with those leaked text messages yeah and which yeah. is uh, in itself concerning i think you have this group of people that have like kind of put their whole personality into the fox news and and this the new uh leaks that are coming out of text messages about the their dominion case of uh, leaked text messages that undermine Trump that uh, no that knowingly admitted that he wasn't in his right mind with some of the stuff that he was saying is I think is runs the risk of driving some people further to, away to to the OANs and the other news sources that are that will refuse to tell you anything other than what you want to hear. Um, it's, it's, it's all performance, exactly. They just they want TikTok to go away so they can have a better control of the narrative. Mm-hmm. They want uh, they want Uncle Billy to just be on their Facebook pages. If he has TikTok, oh, that could expose him to some new ideas. We can't have that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that's really when when you when you get down to it. I think is is what it is. It's it's a matter of control. I think that's why 
um, to kind of bring this back that we're having these hearings. It is it is potentially a source of information to uh, 150 million people across the U.S. Um, to to young multiple minds that they cannot control, um, which is devastatingly scary to uh, government that is kind of predicated on making sure that they are in control of their freedoms. Exactly. And when you look, this transitions to what's going on in a lot of states with their education departments. Mm -hmm. They're banning books. And I know some of the argument is, oh, we're not banning books. We're just banning porn. I was like, well, well, no, it's, it's more than that. It's it's so so much more than that. Uh, yeah. I've seen some of the edits of, of what's going on in, in social studies books down in Florida um, yeah. with with civil rights movements and stuff like that. Just as so much of covering the the Rosa Parks thing, as yes, saying I she just would one. not get out of her seat for no no reason. She just she just she just, just she, didn't, she was yeah. a grumpy woman. She yeah. wouldn't get up. Yeah. It's like, well, no, there's a reason. <laughs> yeah, exactly. To and so, um, yeah, to to lose control of, of that is very scary for this kind of government entity that is dependent on making sure they know where their population's exactly. at. And a lot of those sitting congressmen depend on having full control of their narrative. What was it that Trump said? Oh, I love the poorly educated. <laughs> yes. Uh, but no, I think most competent people will agree that little kids should not be having access to porn. But it goes so much deeper than that because anyone can challenge a book under these laws in some states. Mm -hmm. And once a book is challenged, it's pulled from the shelf until a review can be done. It's very frivolous. And a lot of times people haven't even read the books they're challenging. Mm -hmm. And it's just a draw out process. Like uh, one book, uh, The Pale Eye. I don't even know what that's about. But I've heard that it's one of the books that's uh, being banned because it has, I believe it's homosexual themes. Okay. I'll just look that up before I say something completely untrue. Uh, sexually explicit material, graphic depictions, and disturbing language, and an underlying socialist agenda. Oh. Wow, so that's the real reason right there. Yeah, yeah. it's it's wild how much stuff is, is socialist when you don't know what socialism is. Everything is socialism. Yeah. Oh, man. So many, I, I guarantee you, most of these people have not even read any of these books. Yeah, exa exactly. I think that it's it is it's purely on on hearsay that this is this and and potentially so dangerous. This is what these pages can contain. I have no idea what I haven't read them myself, but yeah, this is for sure what they are, and we need they're dangerous, and we need to get if rid of. If you want to talk it's, about socialist themes, we can we can just ban the Bible right now it, yeah. because there's a whole passage. Um, that whole Jesus part is yeah, pretty. Yeah, the whole Jesus guy. He was like, "Give to the poor, care for the orphans yeah. and the widows." Um, the the rich the rich person it's gonna be very difficult for the rich man to get to heaven. <laughs> yeah, uh, and not even that. If you look at some of the Old Testament passages, there, there's a lot of graphic violence and sexual scenes in those passages. One passage uh, talks about how uh, you take the baby's head and you smash it against the rocks. Uh, the child of the unbelievers. Another passage uh, talks about. Um, a woman was gang raped outside a man's house, mm. so he cut her body up into 12 pieces Oof. and mailed them to the different capital cities in the area. Mm. A lot of graphic things. And here's the thing. Most people who claim to believe the Bible don't actually read it. Have not read the, yeah, read it cover to cover. And that's a, yeah. it's a, a little different story. And yeah, I mean, I think that's, that's what we found is you have these people that are lauding a book that they haven't fully read and, and yeah. hating other books that they haven't fully read. Yeah, you and, haven't read either one. Either like, way, <laughs> it is a, a lack of information that is dr driving fear um of of potential change and that's that's scary to, it's to people. especially scary to these people who have been in positions of power for 50 60 years in mm -hmm. some cases uh mitch mcconnell almost 90 years old he's been in a position of government in a position of power longer than i've been alive exactly yeah 
it's it's crazy really that there needs to be something done. I'm not really sure what the solutions are, but we'll talk about solutions another day. That's that's a that's a whole yeah. different podcast. Yeah. That is a different. Yeah. yeah. Well, Jake, thanks so much for being here. Yeah, thanks this for having me, Mike. This was a, yeah, this was really fun. Yeah, for those of you listening, even if you disagree, I'd love to hear your feedback on what we talked about. And yeah, thank you so much for listening. Share this with your friends. Share it with your enemies. And remember, if you don't share it, then the terrorists win. Well said. Yeah. Well said. All right. Thank you so much, everyone. Bye.